Welcome to In the Hot Seat with the Tenney Group. I'm Spencer Tenney. It's good to be with you. Today we have Adam Lowy for Move for Hunger with us. It's going to be an exceptional conversation. Adam, welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, before we jump in here and heat things up, just take 20, 30 seconds. Tell us about your organization and, and what you guys are doing here in the trucking logistics space. You got it. Uh, Move for Hunger is a national nonprofit organization that is working to mobilize transportation resources to recover food and get it to food banks and pantries across the U.S. and Canada. Wow, that was pretty clear and precise. Let's get to it, sir. All right, so I, I got to know, before we get into the, to the meat and potatoes about what you're doing, I got to understand the why. Tell me about your background. You just said it offline, fourth generation mover. How do you get from being a fourth generation mover between getting into the, the business of addressing hunger? Tell us about that. As you said, fourth generation mover. Uh, my great grandfather started our uh, local moving company, Lowy's Moving Service, about 100 years ago. Um, so growing up, I worked on a moving truck, which is what you do when dad owns the company. Uh, I learned at a very young age that that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. It's, it's hard work, but I also kind of gained a really great appreciation for the industry. I was out there with the crews. I saw how the back office worked. Um, I did anything from like tough moving jobs to cleaning out the trucks and scrubbing graffiti off walls, right? Like that's, that's what you got to do, um, again, when dad owns the company. Um, and I went to college. I got a degree in marketing. I graduated from Arizona State University, go Sun Devils. Um, and I got my first job out of college um, doing event marketing uh, for a major automotive brand. And we were doing like really cool luxury golf events, the Masters, US Open. They sent me to, uh, you know, um, Hawaii uh, for a championship match. At one point, I was following around Tiger Woods with like their VIP chair so their, their VIPs could watch him putt. Um, it was a great gig out of college. Uh, but all the while, my family still had this moving company. And at some point, I felt like I was just setting up golf tournaments for rich people, and that's not really what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Uh, but for folks that were moving, which, you know, people move every day, we always saw people throwing away tons of stuff. Food, clothing, furniture, you name it. If you've moved, I'm sure you've thrown some stuff away. And it was the perfectly good non-perishable food that was getting left behind in the pantry or just tossed in the trash. Uh, that really bothered me. And people always felt guilty about it, right? Like they, you're not, you're not thinking about it because moving is probably one of the more stressful experiences that individuals will go through in their lifetime. So it's the last thing that you're thinking about. And no one wants to throw the food away or leave it behind, but your to-do list is so much bigger. So really Move for Hunger just started as this like simple concept. We were in the home anyway as a moving company. Let's ask people if they want to donate their food when they move. Turns out people want to do good. You just got to make it super easy. In this case, we brought a food driving into someone's living room. And in a month, we collected 300 pounds of food. And in that way, kind of Move for Hunger was born. We say, man, this we just fed 300 people by doing our job. Like there was nothing extra. There was no organization. There was no fancy website or marketing material. Like we were just trying to do a good thing. And it, it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, if we could feed people by doing our job is what happens when you get others involved. I love what you said there. And I think this is really, I don't, if, if, if no one gets anything out of this except what you just said, which is like, if you make it easy for somebody to do good, they, they will do it. Like, and, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I think that's so great. So since that 300 pounds of food, my understanding is from my research on your website, 
29 million pounds uh, in change, uh, if I read that correctly, in terms of what your organization has done here. So uh, let's use that as a way. Can you kind of anchor like the, the, the problem? How much is actually wasted? Yes. So, so from a food waste perspective, 35% of the food processed and grown in the United States goes to landfill. Um, that happens in a lot of different places. It happens at the farm level. Um, I talked to a farmer last week. He has 50,000 acres of squash, one of the biggest squash farmers in this hemisphere. Now, last year when they were going to harvest, they had a big windstorm, right? And basically what happened was it scarred all this squash. Perfectly good. It just looked a little bit ugly because it had these lines and stuff on it. Well, you know what? That food is not able to be sold. Therefore, that food, 60% of their crop was not able to be harvested. And then of the 40% that was available, 25% of that was rejected by grocery stores and, and the rest. So you have this, you know, 50,000 acres of squash really whittled down to what actually can be sold because of what the consumer wants. So that's at the farm level. Then you get to the grocery store um, and you're going out and you're trying to buy, you know, you look at those apples. Are you ever going to pick the apple that has the blemish on it? You should, or the carrot that's got the two little guys sticking out. You should, because it still tastes like an apple and a carrot, but because it's ugly, people don't buy it. It ends up, you know, getting thrown away. And then you come into the home. Um, and, you know, I think one of the big challenges in the home is you look at your date labels, which are all different. Best Buy, Use Buy, Sell Buy expires on all of its BS as far as I'm concerned because your food spoils when it actually spoils. There's a biological process that actually occurs when your food is going bad, um, which also is, you know, the reason that when food decomposes, it releases methane, um, which is one of the largest, you know, greenhouse gas emissions out there. Um, and food waste is one of the biggest contributors uh, to greenhouse gas emissions as it happens. So we're throwing away, I think the average family of four throws away uh, over $1,000 worth of food every year. Um, so there's a lot of reasons not to waste food uh, out there, and food waste is a pretty significant problem. And, and while you have all this food being wasted, 42 million Americans don't have enough to eat, including one in six children. So, you know, if we would just stop wasting food, I mean, that's only one part of, you know, the larger problem of hunger, but if you just stop wasting all this food, you could probably feed a significant amount of, of hungry Americans. That's, that's amazing. Um, so I think the vast majority of Americans don't understand the facts of what you just shared, but even the ones that do don't start up nonprofits and attack the problem. So I, I keep, as you're saying this, I'm wondering what is it about Adam? Like what, what, what is it in your story that led you to take profound action against this problem? I mean, how did it come about? Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned we started this by it being something nice to do. Um, and as I started doing my research, you know, one, I learned about the issue of food insecurity because we dropped our 300 pounds off at our local food bank. I'd never visited a food bank. I took a tour. They told me that there were 140,000 people in my county that didn't have enough to eat. Now, I'm from Monmouth County, New Jersey, home of Bruce Springsteen, Bon Jovi, the Jersey Shore. You look around, you don't see a lot of poverty or homelessness or all the stereotypical attributes you would associate with food insecurity. Um, and in my own county, I did not know that the struggle was this big. And when you go to every community across the United States, the numbers are the same. Uh, as I mentioned, 42 million Americans struggling with hunger. Hunger being a root, you know, a, a, a symptom of poverty, which is the root cause. So 
A, there's a huge issue here across the United States that not enough people are aware of. And B, looking at my own resources, in this case, my family's moving company, I felt, hey, we, we could actually do something good here. So what Move for Hunger is really about, if you break it down, is about leveraging resources, right? What do we have available? We've got trucks, drivers, boxes, crews, right? These are the things that a moving company typically has. If you go and you meet with a food bank, what do they have? They've got trucks, drivers, warehouses, crews. They're figuring out ways to get the food in and then get it out and distribute it. And if you ask any one of our food bank uh, partners across the nation what one of their largest challenges is, every single one of them will tell you transportation. If nothing good came out of this pandemic, I'll say the one good thing is people finally are getting to understand how important and, and fragile, we'll call it, our supply chain is. Logistics literally makes the world go round. Um, and until people stopped being able to find their stuff, um, you know, their, their chicken or toilet paper or eggs from the grocery store, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, well, that, that makes sense. Um, I think the drivers in this industry finally are getting a little bit more of a reputation. Um, there's been a driver uh, shortage across you know, all of transportation for a very long time. We can get into all of the reasons why there is a driver shortage, which I don't think we're going to do today. Um, no, we're going to get into but, that. <laughs> but but you know, like it's, it's this whole industry. And what all we are doing essentially is we have resources that exist and we're setting them to purpose. For the moving companies, we're giving them another tool, another piece, uh, another piece of value that they can offer their customer. Hey, not only are we going to move you, but if you'd like to donate your food when you move, um, we'd be happy to bring it to the food bank, local food bank, free of charge. That's not only a sales tool, right? But it's actually like an amenity. It's something that the customer would want from an experience. And when you can start to connect to customers in that way and make them feel good about working, you know, doing business with your company. It works for everybody. It's good for your sales team. It's good for your operations team. And most importantly, it's great for your community. Um, and that's really how we've been able to scale from one mover to more than 1,100 moving companies across the U.S. and Canada. Wow. 1,100 moving companies. So um, I'm guessing that you meet a lot of these folks at industry events because that's how we met at the ATA Moving and Storage Conference. So... Um, you know, doing the right thing often benefits everybody involved. So can you tell us about, for those that have embraced the opportunity to, to see what this, you know, we just have waste here and we can repurpose this and do some good, how has that affected the other moving companies who have embraced your opportunity here, applied it, let the customer participate in that? What's the experience? What, 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 what are you hearing in terms of that outcome? You know what? It's there's there's a whole bunch of stakeholders in this process, and the experiences um, have all been positive. So so I'll break it down quickly for you because as I mentioned, there's many. So one, you've got the local food banks, right? Like they're thrilled to have this support. We are literally driving donations um, to into their doors so they can get that distributed out. They now have these community partners, these community transportation partners that they did not have before. In fact, I can tell you that several of our moving companies have joined the boards of their local food banks because of Move for Hunger. Now, they were never involved with this cause. They didn't know this to begin with, but now they've connected to it in such a way that they want to you know, be more present and be more connected to that community that they serve. Then you've got the employees of your actual company, right? 
people want to not only do business with companies that are doing good, and we'll talk about that next, but people want to work at companies that are socially responsible. Um, when we first started, we had a driver uh, on, you know, at the family moving business. He probably could have used the food himself, to be quite honest. Um, but every month, he brought in a 10-pound bag of rice um, because he just felt like it was amazing for him to be contributing to a cause, working at a company where he could help others. I will never forget that. Like literally, it was one of those moments where I, I just kind of took a step back and said, wow, you know, we're, we're actually doing something here. And it wasn't just the drivers and crews, you know, certainly for the sales teams, they were getting excited about it. They're visiting their local realtors or holding community events and food drives um, out there to get the company name out there. Um, it, it was not just a marketing tool, but also like a feel good. When you get to do an event with somebody else in your community, that person remembers you, remembers you not just because it's, oh, it's a moving company. It's, no, this is a company that helped my son, you know, collect food uh, for the local food bank and earn his Eagle Scout badge or whatever it's going to be. And we have so many of those stories that happen year over year uh, that, that are really awesome. And then the final piece of it, you know, going back to, you know, your customer. Um, if you're choosing between companies and cost is roughly the same, you're usually going to choose the company that is giving back to the community. And then when you're talking about these high value jobs, if you're moving like a big corporation, they all care about ESG and sustainability. Um, they've got goals. You are now giving them something that meets that criteria. So we're seeing companies put this in their RFPs and their proposals to ensure like, hey, you know, this is a differentiator. This is another reason that we should earn your business. I think that's fascinating. So, so what do you think can happen? I mean, based on, I mean, your vision for your business and, and then what you think the, the logistics industry can do, and I know it's not just limited to the logistics industry in terms of your, um, you know, the scope of, of what you guys are doing, but what's the impact that you hope that you can accomplish? Yeah, I mean, when we started, it was, it was just moving companies, and, you know, I, I didn't know any better. I didn't know anything bigger, um, and as I've, I've learned more, um, and ATA was a really great first experience for me to meet some of the other players logistics companies, freight forwarders, third parties. Um, we're, we're learning about really all of the opportunities there can be to not just recover food, um, but also get that food out there in, in really unique ways. You know, right now we've been limited to moving companies. Well, moving companies don't have refrigeration, and if you're tackling fresh food, which we're beginning to do, um, we're looking for some companies that might have some reefers that want to donate some loads. Um, or maybe it's an old reefer trailer that they are looking to donate instead of just scrapping. Um, and get the tax write off for. We put two refrigerated trailers on a farm in New Jersey last summer um, and were able to keep cold 170,000 pounds of produce um, that otherwise would have stayed and rotted in the field. We are building a refrigerated uh, cold storage unit in Rhode Island right now that we're teaming up with the local fisheries uh, in Rhode Island that we're going to be able to accept three to 5,000 pounds of fresh uh, fish per week. Um, every week, year-round, that's going to be acting as a distribution point um, for that local community in Rhode Island. Um, all of this is based on our industry's ability to donate time or discount resources and really lend a hand. We talked to a potato farmer, sweet potato farmer in North Carolina uh, over the fall. They had an overabundance of crop, overabundance. There was enough extra to be able to take an entire trailer load every week for 12 weeks, and we wouldn't have run out. Now, we weren't able to take all 12 trailer loads, but we were able to get four of them. Um, two from a, a freight logistics company, uh, TQL, uh, who's been awesome. 
Um, and then we had another moving company that went out of his way to purchase a new pallet jack so he could go out and, and pick this stuff up on a weekly basis. So we're working to figure out how can we get the right transportation resources in the right place at the right time, which is a lot of what logistics actually is, right? How do you get the truck to be where it is? What's your origin, destination, your weight? You want to make it all make sense. Um, and I think the, the unique part is we also have those relationships with the community food banks on the ground. So we know where that food can go to make the best impact. So let me ask you this, for those that are watching this and they're beginning to kind of become inspired and empowered about what you're sharing, what's, what's one step toward action um, that would allow them to the, start either, you know, putting their people to work or, or whatever the deal is to start addressing this problem? Yeah. Um, whether you're a moving company or you're just a company that has access to trucks and you want to get involved, call me, right? Reach out. Moveforhunger.org is, is the website where you can go first. Um, every company that we work with, we try to figure out what is unique to you, right? What are the resources you have? How do we set them to purpose? Um, if you've got a group of employees that want to be more engaged and feel more inspired, not just in their day-to-day -day jobs from you know picking up food, we can also organize food drives, team building events. Like there's a lot of different ways um, that we can engage this industry. So, I mean, the first step is honestly picking up the phone, shooting us an email. Uh, if you're hearing this and want to do more, let me tell you, it does not take much to do more. I think a lot of companies are always scared. It's like, oh, well, we can't donate all of this and it's time and it's money and it's these things. Move for Hunger is built on working uh, impact into your existing processes, right? We know that we've got to give you flexibility. We know that we need to help uh, promote and recognize the work that you're doing so you can leverage that as well. Uh, as we, we said earlier, Spencer, doing good is good for business. Um, I think the more businesses that embrace that, uh, the more people we're ultimately going to be able to feed together. You know, I, I think it's wonderful. Obviously, you, you want people to kind of lead with a heart towards generosity and to do these things. Um, but at an economic level and at an M&A level, like we see this all the time, it matters in terms of the way that boards and other folks make decisions and place values on companies. They have to satisfy certain things. And so there really is a practical element in terms of employing these tactics towards your broader strategy as a business. So one last wild card question for you, sir. You mentioned, you mentioned, you mentioned the boss. So uh, favorite Bruce Springsteen song all time, go. Ooh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jungle Land. I have to say, it's got to be it's got to be my number one. I like it. I like it. I like how decisive you were as well. So, hey, I've, listen, I've had a lot of Springsteen concert experiences over my, <laughs> you know, 36 years, and the boss actually, very many years ago in 2011, we were trying to win a contest, and he sent out one tweet. One tweet from the boss, and we ended up uh, making it to the, to the finals and getting on, on TV. So I, I owe a lot of our early success to one tweet from Bruce Springsteen. Well, I've, I've, seen, I've seen the boss one time. I wasn't sure if it was a rock concert or a revival. Maybe both. <laughs> but I it's, was, it's, it's an experience that you will never forget. I, I, I was moved as I was moved by our time together. Hey, listen, thank you for inspiring bold action and reminding us that doing the right thing can be super, super easy. That's gonna do it for us in the hot seat. Adam, thank you so much. See you next time.